so we begin week nine of the Bible in a Year, and hopefully again, uh, you've been enjoying it. This last week has seen lots of laws and things and sacrifices and offerings and lots of things that, that we are to remember, but probably more than remembering them. It's just to see the process that the Israelites go through and the way God reveals himself to them. And so at the minute, as we're and they are going through this wilderness, uh, these issues, we follow that in week nine as they continue in day 57. We are looking through Numbers and today we start at Numbers 16 and continue through a pretty straightforward day today uh, through to Numbers 18. So Numbers 16 beginning at verse 3. They came together against Moses. This is the, the 250 prominent Israelite men who were leaders of the community and representatives. They came together against Moses and Aaron and told them, You have gone too far. Everyone in the entire community is holy and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the Lord's assembly? When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, Tomorrow morning the Lord will reveal who belongs to him, who is set apart, and the one he will let come near him. Korah, you and all your followers are to do this. Take fire pans, and tomorrow place fire in them, and put incense on them before the Lord. Then the man the Lord chooses will be the one who is set apart, it is you Levites who have gone too far. Moses also told Korah, Now listen, Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the Israelite community to bring you near to himself, to perform the work at the Lord's tabernacle, and to stand before the community to minister to them? He has brought you near, and all your fellow Levites who are with you, but you are seeking the priesthood as well. Therefore it is you and all your followers who have conspired against the Lord, as for Aaron, who is he that you should complain about him? Moses sent for Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, We will not come. It is not enough that you have brought us up from a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness. Do you also have to appoint yourself as ruler over us? Furthermore, you didn't bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey or give us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you gouge out the eyes of these men? We will not come. Then Moses became angry and said to the Lord, Don't respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them or mistreated a single one of them. So Moses told Korah, You and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow, you, they, and Aaron. Each of you is to take his fire pan, place incense on it, and present his fire pan before the Lord, 250 fire pans. You and Aaron are each to present your fire pan also. Each man took his fire pan, placed fire in it, put in incense on it, and stood at the entrance to the tent of meeting along with Moses and Aaron. After Korah assembled the whole community against them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Separate yourselves from this community so I may consume them instantly. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and said, God, God of the spirits of all flesh, when one man sins, will you vent your wrath on the whole community? The Lord replied to Moses, Tell the community, Get away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Ab Abiram, and the elders of Israel, Israel followed him. He warned the community, Get away now from the tents of these wicked men. Don't touch anything that belongs to them or you will be swept away because of all their sins. 
So they got away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan and Abaram. Meanwhile Dathan and Abaram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents with their wives, children and infants. Then Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord sent me to do all these things and that it was not of my own will. If these men die naturally as all people would and suffer the fate of all, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something unprecedented and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them along with all that belongs to them, so that they go down alive into Sheol, then you will know that these men have despised the Lord. Just as he finished speaking, all these words the ground beneath them split open. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households, all Korah's people and all their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them and they vanished from the assembly. At their cries all the people of Israel who were around them fled because they thought the earth may swallow us too. Fire also came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were presenting the incense. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Eliezer son of Aaron the priest to remove the fire pans from the burning debris because they are holy and scatter the fire far away. As for the fire pans of those who sinned at the cost of their own lives, make them into hammered sheets as plating for the altar, for they presented them before the Lord and the fire pans of holy. They will be assigned to the Israelites. So Eliezer the priest took the bronze fire pans that those who were burned had presented, and they were hammered into plating for the altar just as the Lord commanded him through Moses. It was to be a reminder for the Israelites that no unauthorized person outside the lineage of Aaron should approach to offer incense before the Lord and become like Korah and his followers. The next day the entire Israelite community complained about Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the Lord's people. When the community assembled against them, Moses and Aaron turned towards the tent of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it, and the Lord's glory appeared. Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, Get away from this community, so that I may consume them instantly. But they fell face down. Then Moses told Aaron, Take your fire pan, place fire from the altar in it, and add incense. Go quickly to the community and make atonement for them, because wrath has come from the Lord, the plague has begun. So Aaron took his fire pan as Moses had ordered, ran into the middle of the assembly and saw that the plague had begun among the people. After he added incense, he made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague was halted. But those who died from the plague numbered 14,700, in addition to those who died because of the Korah incident. Aaron then returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting since the plague had been halted. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Israelites and take one staff from them for each ancestral house, twelve staffs from all the leaders of their ancestral houses. Write each man's name on his staff. Write Aaron's name on Levi's staff, because there must be one staff for the head of each ancestral house. Then place them in the tent of meeting in front of the testimony where I meet with you. The staff of the man I choose will sprout, and I will rid myself of the Israelites' complaints that they have been making about you. So Moses spoke to the Israelites, and each of their leaders gave him a staff, one for each of the leaders of their ancestral houses, twelve staffs in all. Aaron's staff was among them. Moses placed the staffs before the Lord in the tent of the testimony. The next day Moses entered the tent of the testimony and saw that Aaron's staff, representing the house of Levi, had sprouted, formed buds, blossom, and produced almonds. 
Moses then brought out all the staffs from the Lord's presence to all the Israelites. They saw them, and each man took his own staff. The Lord told Moses, Put Aaron's rod back in front of the testimony to be kept as a sign for the rebels, so that you may put an end to their complaints before me, or else they will die. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Then the Israelites declared to Moses, Look, we're perishing, we're lost, we're all lost. Anyone who comes near the Lord's tabernacle will die. Will we all perish? The Lord said to Aaron, You, your sons, and your ancestral house will be responsible for sin against the sanctuary. You and your sons will be responsible for sin involving your priesthood. But also bring your brothers with you from the tribe of Levi, your ancestral tribe, so that they may join you and serve with you and your sons in front of the tent of the testimony. They are to perform duties for you and for the whole tent, They must not come near the sanctuary equipment or the altar, otherwise both they and you will die. They are to join you and guard the tent of meeting, doing all the work at the tent, but no unauthorised person may come near you. You are to guard the sanctuary and the altar so that wrath may not fall on the Israelites again. Look, I have selected your fellow Levites from the Israelites as a gift for you, assigned by the Lord to work at the tent of meeting. But you and your sons will carry out your priestly responsibilities for everything concerning the altar and for what is inside the veil, and you will do that work. I am giving you the work of the priesthood as a gift, but an unauthorised person who comes near the sanctuary will be put to death. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, Look, I have put you in charge of the contributions brought to me. As for all the holy offerings of the Israelites, I have given them to you and your sons as a portion and a perpetual statute. A portion of the holiest offerings kept from the fire will be yours. Every one of their offerings that they give me, whether the grain offering, sin offering or restitution offering, will be most holy for you and your sons. You are to eat it as a most holy offering. Every meal may eat it. It is to be holy to you. The contribution of their gifts also belongs to you. I have given all the Israelites presentation offerings to you and to your sons and daughters as a perpetual statute. Every ceremonially clean person in your house may eat it. I am giving you all the best of the fresh olive oil, new wine and grain, which the Israelites gave to the Lord as their first fruits. The first fruits of all that is in their land, which they bring to the Lord, belong to you. Every clean person in your house may eat them. Everything in Israel that is permanently dedicated to the Lord belongs to you. The firstborn of every living thing, man or animal, presented to the Lord belongs to you. But you must certainly redeem the firstborn of man and redeem the firstborn of an unclean animal. You will pay the redemption price for a month-old meal according to your valuation, five shekels of silver by the standard sanctuary shekel which is twenty geras. However, you must not redeem the firstborn of an ox, a sheep or a goat. They are holy. You are to sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as a fire offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But their meat belongs to you. It belongs to you like the breast of the presentation offering and the right thigh. I give to you and to your sons and daughters all the holy contributions that the Israelites present to the Lord as a perpetual statute. It is a perpetual covenant of salt before the Lord for you as well as your offspring. The Lord told Aaron, You will not have an inheritance in their land. There will be no portion among them for you. I am your portion and your inheritance among the Israelites. Look, I have given the Levites every tenth in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work they do, the work of the tent of meeting. 
The Israelites must never again come near the tent of meeting or they will incur guilt and die. The Levites will do the work of the tent of meeting and they will bear the consequences of their sin. The Levites will not receive an inheritance among the Israelites. This is a perpetual statute throughout your generations. For I have given them the tenth that the Israelites present to the Lord as a contribution for their inheritance. That is why I told them that they would not receive an inheritance among the Israelites. There we end day 57. Day 58, as we continue with the Israelites through the wilderness, and uh, we go through Numbers 18 to 21 today with a couple of stop stop offs in other places just for the chronological element. Um, so we start at Numbers 18 25. The Lord instructed Moses, Speak to the Levites and tell them, When you receive from the Israelites the tenth that I have given you as your inheritance, you must present part of it as an offering to the Lord, a tenth of the tenth. Your offering will be credited to you as if it were your grain from the threshing floor or the full harvest from the winepress. You are to present an offering to the Lord from every tenth you receive from the Israelites. Give some of it to Aaron the priest as an offering to the Lord. You must present the entire offering due to the Lord from all your gifts. The best part of the tenth is to be consecrated. Tell them further, once you have presented the best part of the tenth, and it is credited to you, Levites, as the produce of your threshing floor or the wine press. Then you and your household may eat it anywhere. It is your wage in return for the, your work at the tent of meeting. You will not incur guilt because of it once you have presented the best part of it. But you must not defile the Israelites' holy offerings so that you will not die. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. This is a, the legal statute that the Lord has commanded. Instruct the Israelites to bring you an unblemished red cow that has no defect and has never been yoked. Give it to Eliezer the priest and he will have it brought outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. Eliezer the priest is to take some of its own blood with his finger and sprinkle it seven times towards the front of the tent of meeting. The cow must be burned in his sight. Its hide, flesh and blood are to be burned along with its dung. The priest is to take cedarwood, hyssop and crimson yarn and throw them onto the fire where the cow is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. After that he may enter the camp, but he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. The one who burned the cow must also wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and he will remain unclean until evening. A man who is clean is to gather up the cow's ashes and deposit them outside the camp in a ceremonially clean place. The ashes must be kept by the Israelite community for preparing the water to remove impurity. It is a sin offering. Then the one who gathers up the cow's ashes must wash his clothes and he will remain unclean until evening. This is a perpetual statute for the Israelites and for the foreigner who resides among them. The person who touches any human corpse will be unclean for seven days. He is to purify himself with the water on the third day and the seventh day, then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third and seventh days, he will not be clean. Anyone who touches a body of a person who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That person will be cut off from Israel. He remains unclean because the water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him and his uncleanness is still on him. This is the law when a person dies in a tent. Everyone who enters the tent and everyone who is already in the tent will be unclean for seven days. And any open container without a lid tied on it is unclean. Anyone in the open field who touches a person 
who has been killed by the sword or has died, or a human bone or a grave will be unclean for seven days. For the purification of the unclean person, they are to take some of the ashes of the burnt sinner offering, put them in a jar, and add fresh water to them. A person who is clean is to take hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle the tent, all the furnishings, and the people who were there. He is to sprinkle the one who touched a bone, a grave, a corpse, or a person who had been killed. The one who is clean is to sprinkle the unclean person on the third day and the seventh day. After he purifies the unclean person on the seventh day, the one being purified must wash his clothes and bathe in water, and he will be clean by evening. But a person who is unclean and does not purify himself, that person will be cut off from the assembly because he has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water for impurity has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. This is a perpetual statute for them. The person who sprinkles the water for impurity is to wash his clothes, and whoever touches the water for impurity will be unclean until evening. Anything the unclean person touches will become unclean, and anyone who touches it will be unclean until evening. The entire Israelite community entered the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and they settled in Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. There was no water for the community, so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. The people quarrelled with Moses and said, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you led us up from Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It's not a place of grain, figs, vines and pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting. They fell down with their faces to the ground, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, Take the staff and assemble the community. You and your brother Aaron are to speak to the rock while they watch, and it will yield its water. You will bring out water for them from the rock, and provide drink for the community and their livestock. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, so that a great amount of water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me to show my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarrelled with the Lord, and he showed his holiness to them. And then we nip into First Chronicles 23, 16-17, the birth of Moses' grandchildren. Gershom's sons, Shebel was first. Eliezer's sons were Rehabiah first. Eliezer did not have any other sons, but Rehabiah's sons were very numerous. And then randomly back into Numbers 20, 14-22. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. This is what your brother Israel says. You know all the hardships that have overtaken us. Our fathers went down to Egypt and we lived in Egypt many years. But the Egyptians treated us badly and along with our fathers. When we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice, sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. Now look, we are in Kadesh, a city on the border of your territory. Please let us travel through your land. We won't travel through any field or vineyard or drink any well water. We will not. We will travel the king's highway. We won't turn to the right or to the left until we have travelled through your territory. But Edom answered him, You must not travel through our land or we will come out and confront you with the sword. 
We will go on the main road, the Israelites replied to them, and if we or our herds drink your water, we will pay its price. There will be no problem, only let us travel through on foot. Yet Edom insisted, you must not travel through, and they came out to confront them with a large force of heavily armed people. Edom refused to allow Israel to travel through their territory, and Israel turned away from them. After they set out from Kadesh, the entire Israelite community came to Mount Hor. And that's just repeated in Numbers 33-37. They departed from Kadesh and camped at Mount Hor on the edge of the land of Edom. Back in the Numbers 20. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor on the border of the land of Edom, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land I have given the Israelites, because you both rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and his son Eliezer, and bring them up Mount Hor. Remove Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eliezer. Aaron will be gathered to his people and die there. So Moses did it as the Lord commanded, and they climbed Mount Hor on the sight of the whole community. After Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eliezer, Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Numbers 33-38-39 At the Lord's command, Aaron the priest climbed Mount Hor and died there on the first day of the fifth month in the fortieth year after the Israelites went out of the land of Egypt. Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Hor. Repeated in Deuteronomy 10, 6-7 The Israelites travelled from Beroth, Benajakan, to Moserah. Aaron died and was buried there, and Eliezer, his son, became priest in his place. They travelled from there to Gugadah, and from Gugadah to Jobahath, a land with streams of water. When the whole community saw that Aaron had passed away, the entire house of Israel mourned for him thirty days. Numbers 33-40 At that time the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev in the land of Canaan, heard the Israelites were coming. And in Numbers 21-1-3 When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming on the Atharam road, he fought against Israel and captured some prisoners. Then Israel made a vow to the Lord, If you will deliver this people into our hands, we will completely destroy their cities. The Lord listened to Israel's request, the Canaanites were defeated, and Israel completely destroyed them and their cities. So they named the place Hormah. And there we end, day 58. So day 59 sees us continue through the story with the Israelites and today we jump around quite a bit again at the end of yesterday there was a little bit of that and today there's the same as we come to these parts of their travels for the Israelites when they're going from place to place we'll find that that's recorded time and time again in different books and so there's a little bit of jumping around today when we cover a couple of chapters of Deuteronomy, a couple of chapters of Numbers and then uh, a little bit of in between. We start start at Deuteronomy 2, 1-12. Then we turned back and headed for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, as the Lord had told me, and we travelled around the hill country of Seir for many days. The Lord then said to me, You've been travelling around this hill country long enough. Turn north. Command the people, You are about to go through the territory of your brothers, the descendants of Esau who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you, so you must be very careful. Don't fight with them, for I will not give you any of their land, not even an inch of it, because I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his possession. You may purchase food from them with silver, so that you may eat and buy water from them to drink. 
For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He has watched over your journey through this immense wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you these past 40 years, and you have lacked nothing. So we bypassed our brothers, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. We turned away from the Arab road and from Elath and Ezion Geber. We travelled along the road to the wilderness of Moab. The Lord said to me, Show no hostility towards Moab, and do not provoke them to battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, since I have given Ar as a possession to the descendants of Lot. The Emum, a great and numerous people as tall as the Anakim, had previously lived there. They were also regarded as Rephaim, and like the Anakim, though the Moabites called them Emum. The Horites had previously lived in Seir, but the descendants of Esau drove them out, destroying them completely and settling in their place, just as Israel did in the land of its possession the Lord gave them. Then in the Numbers 21-4, well, sorry, we'll do Numbers 33-41-42 first. They departed from Mount Hor and camped at Zalmona. They departed from Zalmona and camped at Punon. And we'll go in Numbers 21-4-20. Then they set out from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom, but the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, Why have you led us up from Egypt to die in this wilderness? There is no bread or water and we detest this wretched food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them so that many Israelites died. The people then came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. The Israelites set out and camped at Oboth. They set out from Oboth and camped at Arabim in the wilderness that borders Moab on the east. From there they went and camped at Zered Valley. They set out from there and camped on the other side of the Arnon River, in the wilderness that extends from the Amorite border, because the Arnon and the Moabite border between Moab and the Amorites. Therefore it was stated in the book of the Lord's War, Waheb and Zufa, and the ravines of the Arnon, even the slopes of the ravines that extend to the site of Ar and lie along the border of Moab. From there they went to Beer, the well the Lord told Moses about. Gather the people so I may give them water. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up well, sing to it. The princes dug the well, the nobles of the people hollowed it out, with a scepter and with their staffs. They went from the wilderness to Matanah, from Matanah to Nahaliel, from Nahaliel to Bamoth, from Bamoth to the valley in the territory of Moab, near the Pishkah highlands that overlook the wasteland. We'll go into Numbers 33, 41 to 45. They departed from Mount Hor and camped at Zalmana. They departed from Zalmana and camped at Punon. They departed from Punon and camped at Oboth. They departed from Oboth and camped at Ai-Abiram in the border of Moab. They departed from Ayam and camped at Dibon Gad. And Ayam is a contraction of Ai-Abiram, according to the, the notes in the Bible. Uh, they departed from Dibon Gad and camped at Almon Dilhal Bahath. They departed from Alom Hildal Bahath and camped in the Arba range facing Nubo. And we go into Deuteronomy 2 13 to 18. 
The Lord said, Now get up and go across the Zered Valley. So we crossed the Zered Valley. The time we spent travelling from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the Zered Valley was 38 years, until the entire generation of fighting men had perished from the camp, as the Lord had sworn to them. Indeed, the Lord's hand was against them, to eliminate them from the camp until they had all perished. When all the fighting men had died among the people, the Lord spoke to me, Today you are going to cross the border of Moab at Ar. Then into Numbers 21, 21-32. Israel sent messengers to say to Sihon, king of the Amorites, Let us travel through your land. We won't go into your fields or vineyards. We won't drink any oil water. We will travel the king's highway until we have travelled through your territory. But Sihon would not let Israel travel through his territory. Instead, he gathered his whole army and went out to confront Israel in the wilderness. When he came to Jahaz, he fought against Israel. Israel struck him with the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok, but only up to the Ammonite border because it was fortified. Israel took all the cities and lived in all these Amorite cities, including Heshbon and all its villages. Heshbon was the city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and had taken control of all his land as far as Arnon. Therefore the poets say, Come to Heshbon, let it be rebuilt. Let the city of Sihon be restored. For fire came out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It consumed Ar of Moab, the lord of Arnon's heights. Woe to you, Moab! You have destroyed the people of Chemosh. He gave up his sons as refugees, and his daughters into captivity, to Sihon the Amorite king. He threw them down, Eshbon has been destroyed as far as Dibon. We caused desolation as far as Nufa, which reaches as far as Medaba. So Israel lived in the Amorites' land. After Moses sent spies to Jazer, Israel captured its villages and drove out the Amorites who were there. And then into Deuteronomy 2, starting at 19 through to Deuteronomy 3, verse 11. When you got close to the Ammonites, don't show any hostility to them, or fight with them, for I will not give you any of the Ammonites' land as a possession. I have given it as a possession to the descendants of Lot. This too used to be regarded as the land of Rephaim. The Rephaim lived there previously, though the Ammonites called them Zamzumzum. A great and numerous people, tall as Anakim, the Lord destroyed the Rephaim at the advance of the Ammonites, so that they drove them out and settled in their place. This was just as he had done for the descendants of Esau who lived in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites before them. He drove them out and have lived in their place until now. The Kapharim, who came from Kaftor, destroyed the Avim, who lived in villages as far as Gaza, and settled in their place. The Lord also said, Get up, move out, and across the Arnon Valley. See, I have handed Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land over to you. Begin to take possession of it. Engage him in battle. Today I will begin to put the fear and dread of you on the peoples everywhere under heaven. They will hear the report about you, tremble and be in anguish because of you. So I sent messengers with an offer of peace to Sihon, king of Heshbon, from the wilderness of Kenemoth, saying, Let us travel through your land. We will keep strictly to the highway. We will not turn to the right or to the left. You can sell us food in exchange for silver so that we may eat, and give us water for silver so we may drink. Only let us travel through on foot, 
just as the descendants of Esau who live in Seir did for us, and the Moabites who live in Ar, until we cross the Jordan into the land the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon king of Heshbon would not let us travel through his land, for the Lord your God made his spirit stubborn and his heart obstinate in order to hand him over to you, as has now taken place. Then the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land to you, begin to take possession of it. So Sihon and his old army came out against us for battle at Jehaz. The Lord our God handed him over to us, and we defeated him, his sons, and his whole army. At that time we captured all his cities and completely destroyed the people of every city, including the women and children. We left no survivors. We took only the livestock and the spoil from our cities we captured as plunder for ourselves. There was no city that was inaccessible to us from Arar on the rim of the Arnon Valley, along with the city in the valley even as far as Gilead. The Lord our God gave everything to us, but you did not go near the Ammonites' land, all along the bank of the Jabbok River and the cities of the hill country, everything that the Lord our God had commanded. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, with his whole army, came out against us for battle at Edre. But the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have handed him over to you, along with his whole army and his land. Do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God also handed over Og, king of Bashan, and his whole army to us. We struck him until there was no survivor left. We captured all his cities at that time. There wasn't a city that we didn't take from them. Sixty cities, the entire region of Argog, the kingdom of Og and Bashan. All these were fortified with high walls, gates and bars, besides a large number of rural villages. We completely destroyed them, as we had done to Sihon king of Heshbon, destroying the men, women and children of every city. But we took all the livestock and the spoil from the cities as plunder for ourselves. At that time we took the land from the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, from the Arnon Valley as far as Mount Hermon, which the Sidonians called Syrian, and the Amorites called Sinir. All the cities of the Plateau, Gilead and Bashan, as far as Sachalach and Edri, cities of Og's kingdom in Bashan. Only Og, king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. His bed was made of iron, isn't it in Rabbah of the Amorites? It is thirteen feet six inches long and six feet wide by the standard measure. And we finish off day 59 by reading Numbers 21, 33 to 35. Then they turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, came out against them with his whole army to do battle at Edre. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I have handed him over to you, along with his whole army and his land. Do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lives in Heshbon. So they struck him, his sons, and his whole army, until no one was left, and they took possession of his land. And there we day, every time, there we end. Day 59. So we're into day 60 of the Bible in the year and we continue through Numbers as we meet Balak and Balaam. Numbers 22, beginning at verse 1 through to 24. The Israelites travelled on and camped in the plains of Moab near the Jordan across from Jericho. They departed, from this, sorry, Numbers 33, 48 to 49 just to, to continue the chronological they departed from the Abarim range and camped in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. They camped by the Jordan from Beth Jishimoth to Achaia Meadows on the plains of Moab. 
and then back in Numbers 22 and now straight through to 24. Now Balak, son of Zippor, saw all Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was terrified of the people because they were numerous and dreaded the Israelites. So the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde will devour everything around us like an ox eats up the green plants in the field. Since Balak, son of Zippor, was Moab's king at the time, he sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor, at Pethor, which is by the Euphrates in the land of his people. Balak said to him, Look, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the surface of the land and are living right across from me. Please come and put a curse on these people for me, because they are more powerful than I am. I may be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that those you bless are blessed, and those you curse are cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian departed with fees for divination in hand. They came to Balaam and reported Balak's words to him. He said to them, Spend the night here and I will give you the answer the Lord tells me. So the officials of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? Balaam replied to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent this message to me. Look, a people has come out of Egypt and they cover the surface of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. I may be able to fight against them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, You are not to go with them. You are not to curse this people, for they are blessed. So Balaam got up the next morning and said to Balak's officials, Go back to your land, because the Lord has refused to let me go with you. The officials of Moab arose, returned to Balak and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. Balak sent officials again who were more numerous and higher in rank than the others. They came to Balaam and said to him, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Let nothing keep you from coming to me, for I will greatly honour you and do whatever you ask me. So please come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam responded to the servants of Balak, If Balak were to give me his whole house full of silver and gold, I would not go against the command of the Lord, my God, and do anything great or small. Please stay here overnight as the others did, so that I may find out what else the Lord has to tell me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, Since these men have come to summon you, get up and go with them, but you must only do what I tell you. When he got up in the morning, Balaam saddled his donkey and went with the officials of Moab. But God was incensed that Balaam was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand on the path to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing on the path with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the path and went into the field. So Balaam hit her to return her to the path. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards with a stone wall on either side. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord and pressed herself against the wall, squeezing Balaam's foot against it, so he hit her once again. The angel of the Lord went again ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn to the right or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she crouched down under Balaam, so he became furious and beat the donkey with his stick. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she asked Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You made me look like a fool. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you now. As if talking donkeys were normal. But the donkey said, Am I not the donkey you've ridden all your life until today? Have I ever treated you this way before? No, he replied. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the path with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam knelt and bowed with his face to the ground. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? 
Look, I came out to oppose you, because what you are doing is evil in my sight. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away from me, I would have killed you by now and let her live. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the path to confront me. And now if it is evil in your sight, I will go back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you are only to say what I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the Moabite city on the Arnon border at the edge of his territory. Balak asked, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? Balaam said to him, Look, I have come to you, but can I say anything I want? I must speak only the message God puts in my mouth. So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath Hazoth. Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and sent for Balaam and the officials who were with him. In the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him to Bamoth Baal. From there, he saw the outskirt of, of the people's camp. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. So Balak did as Balaam directed, and they offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here by your burnt offering while I am gone. Maybe the Lord will meet with me. I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So he went to a barren hill. God met with him, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged seven altars, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then the Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak and say what I tell you. So he turned to Balak, who was standing there by his burnt offering with all the officials of Moab. Balaam proclaimed his poem, Balak brought me from Arnhem, the king of Moab from the eastern mountains. Come, put a curse on Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse something God has not cursed? How can I denounce someone the Lord has not denounced? I see them from the top of rocky cliffs, and I watch them from the hills. There is a people living alone. It does not consider itself among the nations. Who has counted the dust of Jacob, or numbered the dust clouds of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright. Let the end of my life be like theirs. What have you done to me, Balak asked Balaam. I brought you to curse my enemies, but look, you have only blessed them. He answered, shouldn't I say exactly what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, please come with me to another place where you can see them. You will only see the outskirts of their camp. You won't see all of them. From there, put a curse on them for me. So Balak took him to the lookout field on the top of Pegash, built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here by your burnt offering while I seek the Lord over there. The Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth. Then he said, Return to Balak and say what I tell you. So he returned to Balak who was standing there by his burnt offering with the officials of Moab. Balak asked him, What did the Lord say? Balaam pronounced his poem. Balak, get up and listen. Son of Zippor, pay attention to what I say. God is not a man who lies or a son of man who changes his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfil? I have indeed received a command to bless. Since he has blessed, I cannot change it. He considers no disaster for Jacob. He sees no trouble for Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and there is rejoicing over the king among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He is like the horns of a wild ox for them. There is no magic curse against Jacob, and no divination against Israel. It will now be said about Jacob and Israel, what great things God has done. A people rise up like a lioness, they rouse themselves like a lion. 
they will not lie down until they devour the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Then Balak told Balaam, Don't curse them and don't bless them. But Balaam answered him, Didn't I tell you whatever the Lord says I must do? Again Balak said to Balaam, Please come, I will take you to another place. Maybe it will be agreeable to God that you can put a curse on them for me there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the wasteland. Balaam told Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. So Balak did as Balaam said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Since Balaam saw that it was pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go to seek omens as on previous occasions, but turned towards the wilderness. When Balaam looked up and saw Israel camped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God descended on him, and he pronounced his poem. The Oracle of Balaam son of Beor, the Oracle of the man whose eyes are opened, the Oracle of one who hears the sayings of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls into a trance with his eyes uncovered. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwellings, Israel. They stretch out like river valleys, like gardens beside a stream, like aloes the Lord has planted, like cedars beside the water. Water will flow from his buckets, and his seed will be by abundant water. His king will be greater than Agag, and his kingdom will be exalted. God brought him out of Egypt, he is like the horns of a wild ox for them. He will feed on enemy nations and gnaw their bones, he will strike them with his arrows. He crouches, he lies down like a lion or a lioness, who dares to rouse him? Those who bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed. Then Balak became furious and Balaam, with, with Balaam, struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to put a curse on my enemies, but instead you have blessed them these three times. Now go to your home. I said I would reward you richly, but look, the Lord has denied you a reward. Balaam answered Balak, Didn't I previously tell the messengers you sent me? If Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go against the Lord's command to do anything good or bad of my own will. I will say whatever the Lord wants, now I am going back to my people, but first let me warn you what these people will do to your people in the future. And there we end day 60, and we also end uh, the second section, the second 12th. So we've done a sixth of the Bible so far, um, and there we end day 60 in that second part. So we continue in the day 61 as we get, begin this third section. Day 61 as we go through Numbers 24, um, 25 and 26 and 27. Uh, and it will be another set of genealogies once we get into Numbers 26. There will be lots of wrong pronunciations of names and words, probably lots of hesitation. But hopefully we'll be able to, to pass through it. Okay, we pick it up again with uh, Balaam's prophecy as he proclaims a, a poem in Numbers 24 verse 15. Then he proclaimed his poem, The Oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eyes were opened, the oracle of the one who hears the sayings of God and has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls into a, a trance with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob, and a scepter will arise from Israel. He will smash the forehead of Moab and strike down all the Shethites. Edom will become a possession, Seir will become a possession of its enemies, but Israel will be triumphant. One who comes from Jacob will rule, he will destroy the city's survivors. 
Then Balaam saw Amalek and proclaimed his poem. Amalek was first among the nations, but his future is destruction. Next he saw the Kenites and proclaimed his poem. Your dwelling place is enduring, your nest is set in the cliffs. Cain will be destroyed when Asher takes you captive. Once more he proclaimed his poem. Ah, who can live when God does this? Ships will come from the coast of Kittim. They will afflict Asher and Eber, but they too will come to destruction. Balaam then arose and went back to his homeland, and Balak also went his way. While Israel was staying in Achaia Grove, the people began to have sexual relations with the woman of Moab. The woman invited them to the sacrifices for their gods, and the people ate and bowed in worship to their gods. So Israel aligned itself with Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against Israel. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that his burning anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses told Israel's judges, Kill each of the men who aligned themselves with Baal of Peor. An Israelite man came, bringing a Midianite woman to his relatives in the sight of Moses and the whole Israelite community while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he got up from the assembly, took a spear in his hand, followed the Israelite man into the tent and drove it through both the Israelite man and the woman, through her belly. Then the plague on Israelites was stopped, but those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. The Lord spoke to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the Israelites, because he was zealous among them with my zeal, so that I did not destroy the Israelites in my zeal. Therefore declare, I grant him my covenant of peace. It will be a covenant of perpetual priesthood for him and his descendants, because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of this slain Israelite man who was struck dead with a Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of a Simeonite ancestral house. The name of the slain Midianite woman was Cosby, the daughter of Zur, a tribal head of an ancestral house in Midian. The Lord told Moses, Attack the Midianites and strike them dead, for they attacked you with the treachery that they used against you in Peor incident. They did the same in the case involving their sister Cosby, daughter of the Midianite leader who was killed the day the plague came at Peor. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eliezer, son of Aaron the priest, Take a census of the entire Israelite community by their ancestral houses, of those twenty years old or more who can serve in Israelites in Israel's army. So Moses and Eliezer the priest said to them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, Take a census of those twenty years old or more, as the Lord had commanded Moses and the Israelites who came out of the land of Egypt. And so the pronunciations begin. Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. Reuben's descendants, the Hanukite clan from Hanuk, the Palalite clan from Palu, the Hezronite clan from Hezron, the Carmite clan from Carmi. These were the Reubenite clans and their registered men, numbered 43,730. The son of Palu was Eliab. The sons of Eliab were Nemuel, Dathan and Abiram. It was Dathan and Abiram, chosen by the community, who fought against Moses and Aaron. They and Korah's followers fought against the Lord. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them with Korah when his followers died and the fire consumed 250 men. They serve as a warning sign. The son of Korah, however, did not die. Simeon's descendants by their clans, 
the Nemulite clan from Nemuel, the Jamanite clan from Jamun, the Tashanite clan from Tashan, the Zerahite clan from Zerah, the Shahulite clan from Shaha. These were the Semenite clans, numbering 22,200 men. Gad's descendants by their clans, the Zephonite clan from Zephon, the Haggite clan from Haggai, the Shunite clan from Shuni, the Oznite clan from Ozni, the Erite clan from Eri, the Aradite clan from Arod, the Aralite clan from Arali. These were the Gadite clans numbered by their registered men, 40,500. Judah's sons included Er and Onan, but they died in the land of Canaan. Judah's descendants by their clans, the Shelanite clan from Shelah, the Perizzite clan from Perez, the Zerahite clan from Zerah, the descendants of Perez, the Hezronite clan from Hezron, the Hamulite clan from Hamul. These were Judah's clans numbered by the registered men, 76,500. Ishkar's descendants by their clans, the Toalite clan from Tola, the Punite clan from Puva, the Jashubite clan from Jashub, the Shimronite clan from Shimron, these were Ishkar's clans numbered by their registered men, 64,300. Zebulun's descendants by their clans, the Seradite clan from Sered, the Elonite clan from Elon, the Jahalite clan from Jalil, these were the Zebulun-Elonite clans numbered by their registered men, 60,500. Joseph's descendants by their clans from Manasseh and Ephraim, Manasseh's descendants, the Machrite clan from Machir, Machir fathered Gilead, the Gilead clan from Gilead. These were Gilead's descendants, the Israelite clan from Izer, the Helekite clan from Helek, the Asherite clan from Asriel, the Shechemite clan from Shechem, the Shemadite clan from Shemadah, the Hephrite clan from Hefer. Zulafahad, son of Hefer, had no sons, only daughters. The names of Zulafad's daughters were Mahal, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Terah. These were Manasseh's clans numbered by their registered men, 52,700. These were Ephraim's descendants by their clans, the Shuthalite clan from Shuthal, the Bechrite clan from Becher, the Tahanite clan from Tahan. These were Shuthalah's descendants, the Aaronite clan from Aran. These were the Ephraimite clans numbered by their registered men, 32,500. These were Joseph's descendants by their clans. Benjamin's descendants by their clans. The Belalite clan from Bala. The Ashbelite clan from Ashbel. The Ahramite clan from Aharam. The Shufanite clan from Shufun. The Nuphramite clan from Hufram. Bela's descendants from Ard and Naman. The Ardite clan from Ard. The Namite clan from Naman. These were the Benjaminite clans numbered by their registered men, 45,600. These were Dan's descendants by their clans, the Shehumite clan from Shehum. These were the clans of Dan by their clans. All the Shehumite clans numbered by their registered men were 64,400. Asher's descendants by their clans, the Imnite clan from Imna, the Ishvite clan from Ishvi, the Berite clan from Beriah, from Beria's descendants, the Heberite clan from Heber, the Machalite clan from Machlil, and the name of Asher's daughter was Sira. These were the Asherite clans numbered by their registered men, 53,400. Naphtali's descendants by their clans, the Jazhalite clan from Jazil, the Gunite clan from Guni, the Jezerite clan from Jezer, 
the Shilamite clan from Shimlim. These were the Naphtali clans numbered by their registered men, 45,400. These registered Israelite men numbered 601,730. The Lord spoke to Moses, The land is to be divided among them as an inheritance based on the number of names. Increase the inheritance for a large tribe and decrease it for a small one. Each is to be given its inheritance according to those who were registered in it. The land must be divided by lot. They will receive an inheritance according to the names of their ancestral tribes. Each inheritance will be divided by lot among the larger and smaller tribes. These were the Levites registered by their clans. The Gershonite clan from Gershon, the Kohathite clan from Kohath, the Merarite clan from Merari. These were the Levite family groups, the Libnite clan, the Hebronite clan, the Machlite clan, the Mushite clan and the Korite clan. Kohath was the ancestor of Amran. Those registered were 23,000, every male one month old or more. They were not registered among the other Israelites because no inheritance was given to them among the Israelites. These were the ones registered by Moses and Eliezer the priest when they registered the Israelites in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. But among them was not one of those who had been registered by Moses and Aaron the priest when they registered the Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said to them that they would all die in the wilderness. None of them was left except Caleb son of Jephunneh and Joshua son of Nun. The daughters of Zelophehad approached Zelophehad was the son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. These were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They stood before Moses, Eliza the priest, the leaders, and the entire community at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and said, Our fathers died in the wilderness because he was not among Korah's followers, who gathered together against the Lord. Instead, he died because of his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Since he had no son, give us property among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord answered him, What Zeholophad's daughters say is correct. You are to give them hereditary property among their father's brothers, and transfer their father's inheritance to them. Tell the Israelites, when a man dies without having a son, Transfer his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If he has his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative of his clan, and he will take possession of it. This will be a statutory ordinance for the Israelites, as the Lord commanded Moses. And there we end day 61. So day 62, as we continue through Numbers, this time from Numbers 28 through to 30. So beginning at 28 verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, Command the Israelites and say to them, Be sure to present to me at its appointed time my offering and my food as my fire offering, a pleasing aroma to me. And say to them, This is the fire offering you are to present to the Lord. Each day present two unblemished year-old male lambs, as a regular burnt offering. Offer one lamb in the morning and the other lamb at twilight, along with two quarts of fine flour for a grain offering, mixed with a quart of beaten olive oil. It is a regular burnt offering established at Mount Sinai for a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. 
The drink offering is to be a quart with each lamb. Pour out the offering of beer to the Lord in the sanctuary area. Offer the second lamb at twilight, along with the same kind of grain offering, and drink offering as in the morning. It is a fire offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, present two unblemished year-old male lambs, four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, and its drink offering. It is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. At the beginning of each year of your months, present a burnt offering to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with six quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each bull, four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for the ram, and two quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb. It is a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. Their drink offerings are to be two quarts of wine with each bull, one and a third quarts with the ram, and one quart with each male lamb. This is the monthly burnt offering for all the months of the year, and one male goat is to be offered as a sin offering to the Lord, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. The Passover to the Lord comes in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month. On the fifteenth day of this month there will be a festival, Unleavened bread is to be eaten for seven days. On the first day there is to be a sacred assembly. You are not to do any daily work. Present a fire offering, a burnt offering to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old. Your animals are to be unblemished. Your grain offering with them is to be a fine flour mixed with oil. Offer six quarts with each bull and four quarts with the ram. Offer two quarts with each of the seven lambs and one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for yourselves. Offer these with the morning burnt offering that is part of the regular burnt offering. You are to offer the same food each day for seven days as a fire offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It is to be offered with its drink offering and the regular burnt offering. On the seventh day you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. On the day of first fruits. You are to hold a sacred assembly when you present an offering of new grain to the Lord at your festival of weeks. You are not to do any daily work. Present a burnt offering for a pleasing aroma to the Lord, two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old, with their grain offerings of fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with each bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs, and one male goat to make atonement for yourselves. Offer them with their drink offerings in addition to the regular burnt offering and its grain offerings. Your animals are to be unblemished. You are to hold a sacred assembly in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, and you are not to do any daily work. This will be a day of jubilation for you. Offer a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One young bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, all unblemished with their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven male lambs. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for yourselves. These are in addition to the monthly and regular burnt offerings, with their grain offerings and drink offerings. They are a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. You are to hold a sacred assembly on the tenth day of the seventh month, and to practice self-denial, you must not do any work. 
present a burnt offering to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, one young bull, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old. All your animals are to be unblemished. Their grain offering is to be fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with the bull, four quarts with the ram, and two quarts with each of the seven lambs. Offer one male goat for a sin offering. The regular burnt offering with its grain offering and drink offerings are in addition to the sin offering of atonement. You are to hold a sacred assembly on the fifteenth day of the seventh month. You must not do any daily work. You are to celebrate a seven-day festival for the Lord. Present a burnt offering, a fire offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, thirteen young bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs a year old. They are to be unblemished. Their grain offering is to be a fine flour mixed with oil, six quarts with each of the thirteen bulls, four quarts with, the, which, with each of the two rams, and two quarts with each of the fourteen lambs. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the second day present twelve young bulls, two rams, and fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs, in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering, with its grain and drink offerings. On the third day present eleven bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs, in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the fourth day present ten bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs, in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the fifth day, present nine bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs, in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the sixth day, present eight bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the seventh day present seven bulls, two rams and fourteen male lambs a year old, all unblemished with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. On the eighth day you are to hold a solemn assembly. You are not to do any daily work. Present a burnt offering, a fire offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, all unblemished, with their grain and drink offerings for the bulls, rams and lambs, in proportion to their number. Also offer one male goat as a sin offering. These are in addition to the regular burnt offering with its grain and drink offerings. You must offer these to the Lord at your appointed times in addition to your vow and freewill offerings, whether burnt, grain, drink or fellowship offerings. 
So Moses told the Israelites everything the Lord had commanded him. Moses told the leaders of the Israelite tribes, This is what the Lord has commanded. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to put himself under an obligation, he must not break his word. He must do whatever he has promised. When a woman in her father's house during her youth makes a vow to the Lord or puts herself under an obligation, and her father hears about her vow or the obligations she put herself under, and he says nothing to her, all her vows and every obligation she put herself under are binding. But if her father prohibits her on the day he hears about it, none of her vows and none of the obligations she put herself under are binding. The Lord will absolve her because her father has prohibited her. If a woman marries while her vows or the rash commitment she herself made are binding, and her husband hears about it and says nothing to her when he finds out, her vows are binding and the obligations she put herself under are binding. But if her husband prohibits her when he hears about it, he will cancel her vow that is binding, or the rash commitment she herself made, and the Lord will forgive her. Every vow a widow or divorcee puts herself under is binding on her. If a woman in her husband's house has made a vow or put herself under an obligation with an oath, and her husband hears about it, says nothing to her, and does not prohibit her, all her vows are binding, and every obligation she has put herself under is binding. But if her husband cancels them on the day he hears about it, nothing that came from her lips, whether her vows or her obligation, is binding. Her husband has cancelled them, and the Lord will absolve her. Her husband may confirm or cancel any vow or any sworn obligation to deny herself. If her husband says nothing at all to her from day to day, he confirms all her vows and obligations, which are binding. He has confirmed them because he said nothing to her when he heard about them. But if he cancels them after he hears about them, he will be responsible for her commitment. These are the statutes that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the relationship between a man and his wife, or between a father and his daughter in his house during her youth. And there we end day 62. Day 63, as we continue through Numbers, um, reading through Numbers 31 and 32, it's all pretty straightforward again today. So we start at 31, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, Execute vengeance for the Israelites against the Midianites. After that you will be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people, Equip some of your men for war. They will go against Midian to inflict the Lord's vengeance on them. Send 1,000 men to war from each Israelite tribe. So 1,000 were recruited from each Israelite tribe, one of the thousands in Israel, 12,000 equipped from, for war. Moses sent 1,000 from each tribe to war. They went with Phinehas, son of Eliezer the priest, in whose care were the holy objects and signal trumpets. They waged war against Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses and killed every male. Along with the others slain by them, they killed the Midianite kings, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. The Israelites took the Midianite women and their children captive, and they plundered all their cattle, flocks, and property. Then they burned all the cities where the Midianites lived, as well as their encampments, and took away all the spoils of war, and all captives, both human and animal. They brought the prisoners, animals, and spoils of war to Moses, Eliezer the priest, and the Israelite community at the camp on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. 
Moses, Eliezer, the priest, and all the leaders of the community went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses became furious with the officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, who were returning from the military campaign. Have you let every female live? he asked them. Yet they are the ones who, at Balaam's advice, incited the Israelites to unfaithfulness against the Lord in the Peor incident, so that the plague came against the Lord's community. So now kill all the male children and kill every woman who has had sexual relations with a man. But keep alive for yourselves all the young females who have not had sexual relations. You are to remain outside the camp for seven days. All of you and your prisoners who have killed a person or touched the dead are to purify yourselves in the third day and the seventh day. Also purify everything, garments, leather goods, things made of goat hair and every article of wood. Then Eliezer the priest said to the soldiers who had gone to battle, This is the legal statute the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold, silver, bronze, iron, tin and lead, everything that can withstand fire, put through fire and it will be clean. It must be purified with the purification water. Anything that cannot withstand fire, put through the water. On the seventh day wash your clothes and you will be clean. After that you may enter the camp. The Lord told Moses, you, Eliezer, the priest and the family leaders of the community are to take account of what was captured, human and animal. Then divide the captives between the troops who went out to war and the entire community. Set aside a tribute for the Lord from what belongs to the fighting men who went out to war. One out of every 500 humans, cattle, donkeys, sheep and goats. Take the tribute from their half and give it to Eliezer the priest as a contribution to the Lord. From the Israelites' half, take one out of every fifty from the people, cattle, donkeys, sheep and goats, all the livestock, and give them to the Levites who perform the duties of the Lord's tabernacle. So Moses and Eliezer the priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. The captives remaining from the plunder the army had taken totaled 675,000 sheep and goats, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 people, all the females who had not had sexual relations with a man. The half portion for those who went out to war numbered 337,500 sheep and goats, and their tribute to the Lord was 675 from the sheep and the goats. From the 36,000 cattle, the tribute to the Lord was 72. From the 30,500 donkeys, the tribute to the Lord was 61. And from the 16,000 people, people, the tribute to the Lord was 32 people. Moses gave the tribute to Eliezer the priest as a contribution for the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. From the Israelites' half, which Moses separated from the men who fought, the community half was 337,500 sheep and goats, 36,000 cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 people. Moses took one out of every fifty, selected from the people and the livestock from the Israelites' half. He gave them to the Levites who performed the duties of the Lord's tabernacle, as the Lord had commanded him. The officers who were over the thousands of the army, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, approached Moses and told him, Your servants have taken a census of the fighting men under our command, and not one of us is missing. So we have presented to the Lord an offering of the gold articles each man found, armlets, bracelets, rings, earrings and necklaces, to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. Moses and Eliezer the priest received from them all the articles made out of gold. 
all the gold of the contribution they offered to the Lord from the commanders of thousands and of hundreds was four hundred and twenty pounds. Each of the soldiers had taken plunder for himself. Moses and Eliezer, the priest, received the gold from the commanders of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord. The Reubenites and Gadites had a very large number of livestock. When they surveyed the lands of Jazer and Gilead, they saw that the region was a good one for livestock. So the Gadites and Reubenites came to Moses, Eliezer the priest and the leaders of the community, and said, The territory of Ataroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Ilila, Sebam, Nebo and Baon, which the Lord struck down before the community of Israel, is good land for livestock and for your servants' livestock. They said, If we have found favour in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Don't make us cross the Jordan. But Moses asked the Gadites and Reubenites, Should your brothers go to war while you stay here? Why are you discouraging the Israelites from crossing into the land the Lord has given them? That's what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. After they went up as far as Eshkol Valley and saw the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger burned that day and he swore an oath, because they did not follow me completely. None of the men twenty years old or more who came up from Egypt will see the land I swore to give to Jake, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. None except Caleb son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite and Joshua son of Nun, because they did follow the Lord completely. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years until the whole generation that had done what was evil in the Lord's sight was gone. And here you, a brood of sinners, stands in your father's place, adding even more to the Lord's burning anger against Israel. If you turn back from following him, he will once again leave this people in the wilderness, and you will destroy all of them. Then he approached them, him and said, We want to build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our dependents, but we will arm ourselves and be ready to go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them into their place. Meanwhile, our dependents will remain in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has taken possession of his inheritance. Yet we will not have an inheritance with them across the Jordan and beyond, because our inheritance will be across the Jordan to the east. Moses replied to them, If you do this, if you arm yourselves for battle before the Lord, and every one of your armed men crosses the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies from his presence, and the land is subdued before the Lord. Afterwards you may return and be free from obligation to the Lord and to Israel, and this land will belong to you as a possession before the Lord. But if you don't do this, you will certainly sin against the Lord, and be sure your sin will catch up with you. Build cities for your dependents and folds for your flocks, but do what you have promised. The Gadites and Reubenites answered Moses, Your servants will do just as my Lord commands. Our little children, wives, livestock and all our animals will remain here in the cities of Gilead. But your servants are equipped for war before the Lord and will go across to the battle as my Lord orders. So Moses gave orders about them to Eliezer, Joshua, son of Nun, and the family leaders of the Israelite tribes. Moses told them, If the Gadites and Reubenites cross the Jordan with you, every man in battle formation before the Lord, and the land is subdued before you, you are to give them the land of Gilead as a possession. 
but if they don't go across with you in battle formation, they must accept land in Canaan with you. The Gadites and Reubenites replied, What the Lord has spoken to your servant is what we will do. We will cross over in battle formation before the Lord into the land of Canaan, but we will keep our hereditary possession across the Jordan. So Moses gave them, the Gadites, Reubenites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land including its cities with the territory surrounding them. The Gadites rebuilt Dibon, Atharoth, Aor, Atroth, Chopin, Jazer, Jogbaha, Beth Nimra, and Beth Haran as fortified cities and built sheepfolds. The Reubenites rebuilt Heshbon, Elahal, Karathiam, as well as Nebo and Balmeon, whose names were changed, and Sibma. They give names to the cities they rebuilt. The descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh, went to Gilead, captured it, and drove out the Amorites who lived there. So Moses gave Gilead to the clan of Machir, son of Manasseh, and they settled in it. Jair, a descendant of Manasseh, went and captured their villages, which he renamed Jair's villages. Nobah went and captured Kenath with its villages and called it Nobah after his own name. There we end day 63 and week 9.